You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Welcome to the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast, brought to you by Exodus Trail Cameras, the number one podcast for bow hunting product information and hunting stories from across the nation. And now, here's your nine-fingered host, Dan Johnson. It is Friday, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you very much for tuning in to the podcast today. We have got another kick-ass podcast, especially for a Friday. You know, most people, they start their bow hunting career or their hunting career when, especially bow hunting, when they're early. You know, I would say a majority of people I know started when they were a teenager and uh, have been hunting ever since. Now, today's guest, Thomas Hack, took his very first archery deer when he was in his early 40s so i say better late than never and that's what today's podcast is about um we kind of talk to thomas hack about his the rebirth into hunting uh and he's a he's a diehard fisherman but his son was the one who got him to get back into hunting and try bow hunting so that's what today's podcast is about it's awesome and it gives you a perspective that no matter how old you are there is still time to accomplish new things in life uh, especially hunting so just because you're old doesn't mean and I say old like 40s old I'm going to be 37 this year so there's not a big age difference (laughs) between us but I hope you get what I'm saying that just because you are older than young then you still basically what I'm getting at okay I've ruined this intro already you still have time to accomplish new goals (laughs) anyway today uh, I'm not really going to do a commercial I just want to recap with you all of the discounts that the Nine Finger Chronicles is offering uh, through the partners. So the first discount we have is Wasp Broadheads. If you go to uh, wasparchery.com and decide to purchase Wasp Broadheads, enter the code Nine Fingers. that's the number nine followed by the word fingers, and you will get 20% off of your purchase. The next one is Ozonix, uh, and if you go to ozonixhunting.com and enter the discount code Nine Fingers again, the number nine followed by the word Fingers, uh, you will save seventy-five dollars 
off of all orders over $399. So uh, that'll get you the HR 200. Uh, and if you're looking to uh, purchase and get introduced into in the field ozone and uh, outside of the field ozone because they have the uh, the uh, dry wash bag as well, uh, $75 off. That's over, you know, that's a really good deal. So uh, be sure to give, uh, you know, that, that a look over if you're not used to ozone. Uh, Ozonics is definitely the real deal. Deal. Uh, the next one is Deer Lab. If you go to DeerLab.com slash nine fingers, uh, you sign up for a free 30-day trial period, and that's DeerLab.com nine fingers. Uh, of course, and as always, uh, one of the first partners I've ever had, Exodus Trail Cameras. Uh, if you want to save $20 off your purchase of a camera, enter the discount code 9FINGERS, the number 9 followed by the word FINGERS. Then go to LoneWolfHuntingProducts.com slash 9FINGERS. Enter your name and email address to be entered in to win a tree stand. Uh, September 1st is another tree stand, uh, and we are going to be giving away an assault, I think. So sign up for that. When you sign up, you're going to get a discount code for uh, $50 off all orders over $199. So that's saving 25% on your purchase of a lone wolf tree stand now that discount code i don't even know if i'm supposed to say it or not but uh that discount code is nine f c five zero so that is a huge saving for lone wolf uh tree stands uh and climbing sticks and the other some of the other products that they buy but 50 50 off all orders over 199 bucks also be sure to check out gearhead archery their bows are ridiculous um i get guys emailing me every day telling me they've finally started to try one and they're huge fans of it uh ripcord arrow rest be sure to go visit a local deer dealer and uh, check out ripcord arrow rest and last but not least bighorn outfitters out of wyoming if you guys are interested in uh going and trying to hunt antelope mule deer elk they they can get you any basically any western game you want um i think 2017 is pretty much full uh, however they do have cancellations always come about so uh i would call uh, dustin to crew at bighorn outfitters and uh check them out other than that, guys, uh, we got a lot of good discounts. The season's almost here. Make sure you take advantage of those discounts. Um, and I'm just trying to save you guys some money uh, with some of the partners that we have. And all those products are kick-ass products. I use them. So, yeah, there's that. Now, enough of the, the BS, the hogwash. Let's get into today's podcast with Thomas Hack. All right. Hopefully everybody's having a good day today. On the phone with me now, Mr. Thomas Hack. How you doing today, Thomas? I'm doing great. Well, I kind of got a problem with you. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I'm from Ohio. Right, that's, that's right. You're jealous because Buckeyes always kick the Hawkeye's tail. <laughs> well, you nailed it. I am jealous. And that's why I hate you because you're so good all the time. 
So is that what else? I mean, what's your uh, what's your other beef with with me from being from Ohio? No, that's the only beef is that you're a Buckeyes uh, fan. Oh, okay. Well, haters are gonna hate, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good comeback. I use that all the time. Let them hate, right? Yep. It sounds yep. like it's. It sounds like uh, you guys are gonna have another good year this year as well. Uh, well. I hope so. That last year's uh, bowl game with Clemson wasn't so good. No, as far as the Big Ten is concerned, you guys should you guys should at least be in the uh, in the Big Ten championship again. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Which, whatever. You guys are probably going to be ranked high and and do good in the Hawkeyes. It was fun, kind of funny because the the head coach uh, for Iowa this week says. Uh, we are in a rebuilding season, which means we're going to finish like six and six and go to like the, uh, the discount tire chili bowl or whatever. Right. So. It, it, <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yep. Well, you, you reached out to me in a email and you kind of, you have a really unique story because in 2015, you shot your very first deer with a crossbow. And how old were you when in 2015 when that happened? Uh, 43. Okay. So, 43 years old to kill your first deer. Uh, a little late to the party, but you made it, right? Better late than never. You, you bet. You bet. And, uh, so I got a whole bunch of questions for you re- regarding that. Um, and I think the best thing to do is just start at the very beginning and ask the question, you know, obviously you didn't kill your first year until you were 43, but as a kid growing up, uh, did you or your family have like an outdoor lifestyle? Did you do any other types of hunting or fishing or camping? Not at all. Um, just messed around with my friends, squirrels and that kind of thing, rabbits. But uh, not didn't have any mentors or anything of that of that kind of thing. Gotcha, gotcha. Oh, and before I forget, uh, I'm already jumping around here. But why don't you tell everybody? You know, you you live in Ohio, but what do you do for a living? Um, I am a school teacher. I teach sixth grade math. Okay, so, and how long have you been uh, a teacher? Tomorrow starts my 23rd day, or 23rd year. 23rd year, wow. Yes, sir. That's a, so, you are, let's see, as a 6th grader, a, a teacher of 6th graders, they're probably in that stage where they all think they know everything and that they're smarter than the teachers. That's 7th grade. Oh, that's 7th grade. Okay, that's so there's still, there's still a little bit of fear uh, yeah, in the sixth yep. grader, I taught sixth, seventh, and eighth. Oh, okay, I, so seventh grade is the one one grade that I absolutely hated. So, and it's, be- is grade, it's they, because of that reason. Yes, very much. Sixth grade, they still want to please the teacher. Um, still a little intimidated, I guess. Yeah. So, it's it's all good. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, um, I take it there's some crazy stories over 20, 23 years 
you know, this is going to be your 23rd year. Do you have any crazy stories that you could share with us from being a teacher? Oh, I'm not allowed to disclose names. So, well, you don't have to disclose names. I wasn't prepared for that. Uh, <laughs> That's okay. It's not a big deal. Um, all right. But, okay, so as a kid, you were, you know, you were, you went out, shot squirrels, didn't really live any type of uh, outdoor lifestyle. Did you ever do any type of fishing? Um, yeah, fished all the time. Okay. Broke my bike. You know, you got your your pole across your handlebars with your tackle box in one hand. Yeah. So if, if there was a pond in the area that I could get to with a bike, I was there. Gotcha. And what were you typically fishing for? Just like panfish, crappie, bluegills, bass? Anything, anything that would bite at that, at that point, yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. So then as you, you know, got a little older and, you know, you, you weren't hardcore into it, but you enjoyed it, um, was there ever a moment before, you know, you graduated high school or, you know, even while you were in college where you – you said to yourself, hey, man, I want to do more of this outdoor thing. Not really, no. Um, my best friend from high school, um, he was killed in a car accident, and it was during Christmas break when he was home from college. Okay. And that year, he got a crossbow for okay. Christmas. So I ended up buying the crossbow from his parents, and... That's what he and his dad were going to do. They were they were going to deer hunt. So I just jumped in and took over, I guess. And, and that was that was oh, when you were in high school. Uh, no, my in college. Okay, all right. So you you were in your early twenties. Your buddy got killed in a car wreck, and um, you you bought that bow off the family and. I mean, did you do that because he was your friend and that's what he wanted you to do? Or was that something that you were like, you know, were you affected by by his death to get into hunting deer? Or was it something that uh, you you wanted to do anyway? Well, we, we did um, gun hunt, you know, the stalk and drive or whatever yeah. that, you know the, okay. the push and drive stuff and i wasn't much into that but yeah. uh when we and that's who i would hang out with and shoot you know shoot the rabbits and the squirrels right so when when he passed that's just sort of when the fire started to get okay kindled, i guess right okay so <laughs> I mean, you did a lot of, you did a lot of, or you took part in the drives. You weren't a big fan of it. Um, you know, in your early twenties, um, because you, you didn't, you didn't kill a deer until 2015, right? Right. And that was right. probably 1992, 93. Okay. So what happened in those early, like, you, you said you, the fire kind of started then, but, you know, something had to have happened because it typically doesn't take somebody 20 years to kill their first deer. I mean, so I'm assuming, and I'm just assuming, that 
it wasn't you weren't as passionate about it um the last 20 years as you were you know these these last two years right um the lack of success that i that i had when i first started okay you know i just got burnt out and you know wasn't seeing any deer and not having any fun doing it right so why was that why weren't you seeing any deer why weren't you having fun Oh, just not doing the things that I'm doing now. Um, right. You know, the scent regiment thought, you know, thinking about your access and that kind of thing. Right. Okay. So back then, you know, you, you sounds like, sounds to me like you gave it a shot and then you, you weren't being successful. Um, is it, I mean, was the property that you were hunting back then not very good? Um, were you, did you at any point try to take it on yourself to um, become better educated on how the whitetail nose works, uh, how they move, how a hunter should um, uh, do that? Or, or, you know, as far as strategy is concerned, or did you kind of not it wasn't on the priority list, I guess is what I'm getting at. Right. Well, the, the, where, the woods that I shot my first deer in 2015 was the exact same woods that I hunted way back when. Okay. Um, and it's always been a good, it had a great population of deer. Uh, but when we're talking about 92 and 93, the different resources that you had to get better, Right. We're simply, we're simply books right. and I'm in the middle of college and you know, I'm, I just got my, the, uh, priorities of getting my degree and that kind of thing. Right. The hunting sort of went to the back burner. And then okay. I got married and all that other yeah. stuff. All right. You got married. And so in your, in your thirties, you know, late twenties and thirties, were you still participating in hunting at all, or did it did it you know go into hibernation for a while? Uh, not after my first year of teaching, I I did not hunt at all. Okay, all right, and that was uh, no hunting from your first year of teaching until 2015, right? Um. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, actually, 2014. The year before, okay. um, but 2015 is when I really got serious with uh, what I was doing and gave it a crack again. Okay, and there's kind of a story there, right? Um, you you mentioned in your email to me that your son was one of the reasons why you wanted to get back into it. Why don't you share that story with us? Well, my son was, I don't, I'd have to say probably 12 or 13. And when he started pestering me about hunting and the first, I don't know, couple of years, the, yeah, yeah, we'll do it. would pacify him until, you know, when he was probably 14 and that wasn't working anymore. So I asked a buddy of mine who, who deer hunted, like we just take the kid hunting. So he, shut him up (laughs) and 
you know, and the, it, the ironic thing about that was the woods that he took him hunting was, uh, I don't know, half a mile from where we live. Yeah. So I'm sitting at the table and I hear, hear a shotgun go off. I'm wondering to myself. About an hour later, I hear another shot. Well, here my son, the first time he ever went hunting, he missed a huge deer, a huge buck, the first with the first shot. But he did end up shooting a deer the second time that he shot that day. First right. time he ever went hunting. Okay. So, in, and that was in 2014, right? That was 2013. Okay, 2013. So, in 2013, your son goes hunting for the first time. And how old was he? 16, 14? Um, let's see. Hold on. He's 18 now. Okay. So, so 15. I okay. think 14 or 15. All right. So he's 14 or 15 years old. You talk a buddy into helping him get, you know, on, uh, you know, go out gun hunting. His first time out, he kills a deer. Now, what was going through your thought, your mind at that point, and and how excited was he when, you know, when you met back up with him that day and he had killed that that deer? Oh, he was stoked, and I was happy for him. You know, I just, I just thought it was my, I was just not the outdoorsman, you right. know, with the lack of success that I have, and here comes my kid. The first time he goes, he. <laughs> he, he kills a deer so and that's pretty was, much what the, oh go ahead i'm sorry no you're fine uh my my question was going to be so what was the father-son conversation like that night or the next couple days or the next week after he shot his first deer you know i remember how jacked i was when i shot my first deer um and i wanted to, at that point i wanted to do it all the time um did you see a fire start to build in him uh, about, you know, Hey, I want to, I want to be doing a lot more hunting. I want to be doing, uh, this as often as I can, or was it, was it just a slow burn? Well, coupled with the fishing, cause, um, I tournament fish. So he has just with, um, hunting and fishing. He's just, that's his niche. That's what he likes to do. Okay. All right. So, so yeah, that's, that started the hunting, the, the burn gotcha. for the hunting. Gotcha. And that, and, and so you were still doing a lot of fishing throughout this time though, right? It wasn't like oh, you quit the, the outdoors altogether. Okay. Yep. All right. Yep. And yep. that's kind of, go ahead. I, I got a, a bass boat, you know, we, we fish tournaments, so that's a hundred percent serious. Yeah. Sounds like it. And, and so I, my father-in-law is a huge fisherman. I mean, if he could do it every day, he'd, he'd do it every day. Um, and he's retired now, so he almost does he almost does it every day. And there's that same passion for it, I, I can relate to him a lot because he's very passionate about fishing just like I'm very passionate about deer hunting and I feel that the crossover there is a thin line and I have a feeling that if I ever took him out gun hunting or any type of hunting that he would be he would love it right so right right so 
it, I feel like it's an easy transition there. Now, after he killed that buck in 2000 or that deer in 2013, did any of those old hunting flames start to burn for you at all? Well, then the following year, he wanted to hunt with a crossbow. So another neighbor let us hunt their ladder stands. But for me to be with them, I had to have my hunting license too. So I got my hunting license and I sat there with them. And uh, we didn't see anything those trips. But he was taking driver's ed at the time. So one night... I got home from school early, and Grant was at, uh, my son's name's Grant, he was at driver's ed, I'm like, you know, I got this hunting license, I ought to just go sit in the ladder stand. Yeah. So I, I went and sat in the ladder stand, and I see this buck coming across the field, I don't know, the whole length of the field. Yeah. And what, I guess my problem when I first started was just nerves. You know, yeah. I'd scare the deer off before I even had a shot, a chance to get a shot. Yeah. But so this buck is coming across the field and he fight, he comes into the woods and he gets into the city lane and I pull one off and it didn't, it didn't hit its mark. And I'm scratching my head because I thought I had the range or the yardage down and I was shooting it fine. Well, the next day, we're shooting the uh, crossbow, and it's like shooting dead left. Yeah. And I asked my son, like, what did you do to the crossbow? And, oh, about that. <laughs> he, <laughs> he dropped it, and he broke the scope. Oh, so, okay. But, uh, you know, my my nerves, I was able to have my composure and do all the things I couldn't do before. So I attribute that to my, to my fishing, you know, the success, you know, um, you know, as over the years, just catching big fish and, you know, it's not that big of a deal anymore. Yeah. Right. So I, I, I translated that over into my hunting. Okay. So you, you, uh, over the years, when you were in your early 20s, you kind of got the shakes whenever you'd have an encounter with a deer. You get a little Shakes a wouldn't little even be half of it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I was, you know, almost jumping at the deer when I would shoot at them. Okay, I got gotcha. you. So. so then, you know, 20 years later, here you are, and uh, you missed this deer uh, you had an encounter with. You had a broken scope. Now, right. the, question, the question is, going out and having an encounter like that and even getting a shot and the animal was really close, right? What, I mean, did that get you fired up to go out and do it again the next night or, the, or that weekend or, or anything like that? Not so much that season, but boy, did it get it going for the 2015 season. Okay. So so. was your, was your son able to, uh, be successful in the 2015 season at all? Uh, 2015. Yeah. Yeah. Excuse me. 26, 2014, the year that you missed. No, no, he he was not. Okay. 
but all right. the, the, then the following, you know, all winter and into the spring, we're, we were doing our planning and what stands we're going to buy and all this other stuff. Okay. And uh, so. So you guys were getting ready. Like 2013, the fire started for your son, to, you know, and, and maybe it started a, a little flame in you. The 2014 season seems like the flame got bigger, but by the end of the 2014 season, it sounds to me like you guys had, like you started planning and you're like, we are now going to do this. It was, yeah. And it was a great thing, you know, just for a son and a dad, father, son to do. So, but we went full, full fledged into it. Right. So you decided, Hey, we're going to, we're going to get the, we're going to get gear. We're going to get, uh, tree stands. We're going to get, I mean, did you guys buy new crossbows? What, what kind of gear did you all buy before that 2015 season? Um, I did my research or I, what I, you know, I researched different things and what we ended up liking was the millennium stand. Um, and what we did, we bought a whole bunch of ladder sticks and then we just buy receivers so we could put, we had seven different stand locations, but we only had two stands. We could take the stand with us and gotcha. whatever, right. whatever, uh, wind or whatever location we wanted to go hunt, we would take our stand with us and put the receiver in and there we go. Okay. So at the beginning of the 2015 season, did you feel that you were still a new hunter, even though you had participated 20 years ago, 20 ish years ago, did you still feel that you were a new or a green or a rookie hunter at, at this point in your life? Oh, most definitely. I mean, nothing. I still hadn't gotten my first deer kill. So yeah, I was green. I felt I was green, but I had a little bit more knowledge than what a new hunter would have. Right. Right. And you, you ha- it sounds to me like you, you have the patience game as a, you know, as a, an older person as well. Right. I mean, you're yeah. mature, you, you know how to handle stress a little bit in your life. Um, you know, it's like, you know, that old saying, it's like the young bull says, let's run down the hill and, and, uh, go bang one, you know, one of those cows <laughs> and the old bull says, well, let's walk down and bang them all. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so like, what did you do specifically to prepare for this 2015 season from, let's say, a strategy standpoint? Uh, well, what I hunted in, I was in the Army, so I would hunt in my BDUs um, okay. 20-some years ago. Right. You know, I had I had all the scent-free camo and that kind of stuff. Um, but then I tried to, you know, instill my kid. You know, you need to make sure that you have a scent-free shower, all that stuff, go into the woods, trying to be as scent-free as possible, paying attention to the wind, that kind of thing. Right. So. So at this point, are you guys taking into consideration access routes, uh, how terrain affects deer movement and wind direction and, and all that stuff? Or are you starting 
off at the very basics and basically just trying to get into the stand as much as possible again. Right. That's what 2015 was about. Now, you know, the last two years, I've, I'm just constantly trying to up my game. Right. Right. Starting from scratch, it sounds like. Yeah. 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 Okay. So as, and, and how old are you now? Again, 45. 42? Okay. 45. <laughs> so as a new hunter at the age of 45 in these last three seasons, what are some of the things that have really stuck to you as far as learning? Uh, you know, you're in the timber, you're learning, you've probably had some failures and, and, and stuff like that to, to, to educate yourself on. What are some of the biggest takeaways as a, you know, a 40 year old in these last three hunting seasons? Probably just pay attention and watch what's going on around you. Um, if there's deer in a different spot, why are they there? Right. That kind right. of thing. Right. And as someone, you know, as a 40 year old who is a new hunter, what would, what advice would you give to a 20 year old who is a new hunter or a, an older teenager? Slow down, pay attention to details. Yeah, that's great advice. That's great advice. So 2014 was a, a, a bus for you. It sounds like you and your son said 2015 is it, man. We're going in and we're going to go in hard. Um, you had seven stand locations ready. Uh, were they trimmed out and ready to go or were they just, I mean, did, did you guys do a lot of preseason scouting or late season scouting? Before the no, 2015 really. season? No, we just, uh, this spot looks good, and we hung a stand. Okay. All right. So, but, you know, we would modify things if we saw that where we were wasn't where the deer are. Um, we would move to where we saw them. Right. You know? So you knew that if the deer weren't there, you shouldn't sit there. You needed to move to where the deer were. Right. Right. But, yep. Yeah. You know, I think, I think a lot of it also, you know, we were hunting the same stands multiple, multiple times too. So, okay. You know, my, my, my very first sit in 2015, I saw nine deer on the first night. You know, I never saw nine deer in all the years, you know, before, combined so and then then uh you know as the as i sat in that stand you know my sightings i always saw deer just the numbers were were, would dwindle so you know they knew i was there okay now as the before the 2000 and uh 15 season started did you have any expectations or goals for you and your son? And were you, and were you both shooting crossbows that year? Yeah, we were both shooting crossbows. Okay. I think our expectation or goal was just to fill a tag. Okay. Gotcha. And when the season started, uh, when when is Ohio's opener? Is that September 15th or something like that? 
It's the third Saturday in September. It depends on okay. how it falls. Um, that particular gotcha. year was September 26th. Okay. September 26th, right? Um, you had put some trail cameras out before that, though, right? Just one, yeah. Just one. Okay, so you invested in a trail camera. Talk to us, share that story that you shared with me right before we started recording. Oh, okay. Uh, my first experience with the trail camera, um, yeah. I had a trail camera that would take pictures and video, and I went through my trail camera, my SD card, and I didn't have any pictures of deer or a box. I had some of those, nothing that I was really interested in. Just videos, yeah, though, I, right? That was the the photos. Oh, on okay. the videos, on the videos, I couldn't get the videos to open on my Mac, so I was about ready to can them, the the files. But yep. my son was messing around with it, and he got those to play. And lo and behold, we had uh, a couple real nice bucks on video. They weren't on pictures. Right. So I almost threw those away and wouldn't even have known about it. Right. And so you're, you know, with your son tinkering on your camera or on the SD card and he was able to play the video, you got witness to a particular, a couple deer, right? Yeah. Um, one was a, one was a big wide 10 point and, then the other one behind him was really tall and it had a lot of, is it palmation? Yeah. Is that the word? Yep. Palmation yep, on right. the right side. He was a non-typical. And uh, we, so we called him Big Ten and Little Friend. Gotcha. And once you, once you got trail camera pictures of that deer, of those bucks, did you start thinking about how to hunt and kill those bucks or were you still focused on just filling a tag at that point well during the season then i i would pass on a couple does i passed on six point you know mind you i still haven't killed a deer in my life right. but i was i i knew what i had in the vicinity so right so at this point your game plan kind of changed Right, I mean, you were you yes. started to pass you started to pass some deer. Very much, yep. So my question is, for someone who had never killed a deer before, what was your thought process on why you should pass deer and go after this this buck? What were you thinking about? Uh, well, I was also hunting with a, a friend of mine. He's killed a lot of deer, and he okay. just kept telling me. You know, you know what's in your in the woods. Okay. Don't don't settle. Right, right. So, do you do you eat any venison, or do you guys keep your venison and eat it, or do you give it to friends? Oh, we eat it all now. Okay, you eat it all. But at this point, you're you know you're passing does, and so I'm assuming again. I'm assuming you you kind of started focusing on the antlers or a little bit, not, nece not necessarily the antlers, but, uh, trying to hunt the, you know, one of these two bucks that you saw, uh, because past you were passing a deer. Um, 
did that change up the strategy on where and how you hunted? Unfortunately, no. I still no. hunted in the same exact corner that I that I killed the deer out of, but that was the same area where I had the trail camera pictures and or the video. Right, right. So, and how big a property was this that you guys were hunting? Eighty acres. Okay, eighty acres. What what's yep. the ag timber split? Oh, that was eighty acres of timber right there. Oh, okay. So it's a there's, big it's a big block. Yeah. yeah, there was ag all around it, but uh, just the woods itself. It was a pretty healthy chunk. Gotcha. Okay. So you started. Did you bounce around at all to different stand locations between the start of the season and when you killed this buck? A little bit. Um, I wouldn't sit two nights in a row in right. uh, in, a, in a stand. So I just I had them on all corners of the of the block, a couple of different places, um, you know, on the inside, not too deep, but right. I just kept bouncing around. Right. Okay. And then at that point, you you know you were bouncing around. Did you did you have any other encounters with any bucks? or this particular buck before you actually ended up shooting him? Just a, a six point here and there. Uh, there was a little forky one time. Okay. So how many deer do you think you passed? Uh, three or four. Three I or mean, four. Right. I okay. guess I wouldn't, I would shoot a six point or a fork. I just, okay. And this is because you were hunting with a guy who was telling you, hey, man, lay off these little ones and let's go after, you know, one of these bigger ones. Right. Now, okay. if a deer would have got in my shooting lane, I would have fried her. But oh, okay. Okay. I, uh, so, did I say a doe or a deer? I meant a doe. A doe. If a doe okay. If a, if a doe would have got in my, you know, in within range, I would have smoked her, but. Okay. I, I so you always saw them, but just never had a Okay. I got you. So you weren't passing it's not that you weren't passing does. You were you just didn't get a doe within shooting range, but you were passing smaller bucks. Right. Okay. Right. All right, that makes yeah, that that clears up a lot. Um so now what when did you actually start having um when did you have this encounter with this buck? It was November 1st. Okay, November 1st. And how how much had you hunted before that? Uh, I probably would have to say 15. From okay. you know, September 26th to, to then, probably, I don't know, 15 to 20 times. Okay. So were you a weekend warrior at that time, or did you were you able to uh, head out after school some days? Uh, the schedule that I had that year, I was able to head out after school. So okay, gotcha. Just whenever I could get in the woods. Okay, and kind of a random question, but it just popped up in in my head. Are you married? Yeah. Yep. Okay. So you're three years. Okay, twenty three years. So your wife, what what did she have to say when all of a sudden, out of the blue, you and the boy? start getting into hunting did she think it was a good thing oh i don't know yeah she's a good girl i mean she 
See, at least I'm not in the bars and chasing women. <laughs> That's a fact, Jack. Yep. That's a fact. Amen. Amen so, on that. There's worse things that I could be doing. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, no, you know, she wasn't she wasn't upset. She was kind of indifferent, it sounds like. Our kids at the age that they were are or were at that time, they weren't hard and, you know, yeah. she now, if I would have done that 10 years before or, <laughs> you know, when they were little. Right. So. So what I'm yep. about to do <laughs> this year. <laughs> well, it'll go fast, brother. I'm going to tell you. Yeah, I hear that. I hear that. I'm trying to take advantage and spend as much time with them, you know, now, uh, what you know, when it's not the season as opposed to, uh, you know, so that way I can get away a little bit during you know work get those brownie points in so to speak right exactly all right so you shot this buck on november 1st did you have any other sightings of him before november 1st that was the that was the first person first time i saw him on the house okay and how many trail camera pictures did you get of him before the season like did you have any trail camera pictures of him between the first time you checked it and the day you shot him? Yeah, I had three more after that, and once I learned how to you know, use my camera. Gotcha. All right. Shut that video off. So did that? Uh, so did those trail camera pictures help you make a decision that you needed to be back in this specific corner? That's just yeah. That's okay. where I got the pictures. That's where I hunted. Okay, gotcha. Now, describe the setup. Uh, well, I was on the inside corner of a, of a ag field. It was corn after before okay. it was picked. So I was probably about 30 yards on the inside. Um, now, the wind that day was blowing almost into the, into the woods, which... I wouldn't normally think that that was a good wind, but I was spraying Pink's atomizer from the stand every, every 30 minutes. I don't know if he got the whiff of that, but I saw him coming down the, the field edge and he was about ready to go away from me. Uh, but I just grunted my tube lightly and he came over and thrashed on a bush. I mean, he was pissed. He wanted to know what was making the noise. And I grunted one more time, and that was the end of the story. Yeah. Do you think he walked through your scent stream at all to, in order to get to you? My scent stream. Yeah, so you said your 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 scent was blowing the way the wind was. Your scent was blowing into the timber. Do you or think along that, the timber? Yeah. Yeah. So it was, it was kind of along the timber. Did he have to walk through that, your scent profile or your scent stream or where your scent was blowing to get to you? Or did he loop around the other side? I think he had to have, he had to have walked through my yeah. scent stream. So that, that tinks spray that you had, you felt that that did a good job of tricking him into either knowingly smelling a human and, but ignoring it because, you know, it was, was that estrus urine, I take it? 
Yeah, the okay. yeah, 1969. Right. Okay, so he he felt that there was, you know, a, hot, a potential hot dough in that area and that was the risk that he took or do you think he I I mean so he was fired up, obviously he came in, started thrashing the bush. Did he look at all spooked or hesitant to step out into, you know, get close enough to you for you to get that shot? Not at all. Not at all. Okay. All right. So maybe he didn't smell you at all. Well, you know, if some theories are that uh, some people believe that if your scent regiment's good enough, you don't need to worry about it. Yeah. I, I yeah. don't know. Yep. I mean, I know a lot of guys who, some, uh, especially old time guys who they will go to a stand regardless of the wind direction and, and, and they're very scent free. They, they do the, um, they even start using, started using ozone to treat their clothes, but they, uh, wash their clothes every night. They take a shower before every hunt morning and afternoon and so they go in, they try not to sweat, you know, they go in and they're, they try to be as scent free as humanly possible. Uh, and they, they don't really care about the wind too terribly much. And, and they're more successful than I've ever been. Well, and I guess that's the approach that, uh, I was taking, I was washing everything just like you mentioned right there. Yeah. Okay. So after he thrashes this bush, he's getting, you know, he's fired up. Um, did you have to do any additional calling for him to step out and uh, make, you know, into a shooting lane? Where he was thrashing the bush was on the field edge, and I was inside. So I tucked a grunt call behind me and blew softly, and that's what brought him right right into the wood line. And he was... He was on alert looking for what was making that noise. Okay. But he, he didn't seem scared. He was just, Not he was all. scanning, looking for another deer. Yeah. He wanted, he wanted a humble, I guess. Gotcha. Okay. So the last time you shot a deer, you shanked the shot because, well, and it was because of faulty equipment, but you know, now 20 plus years of, you know, Hibern, you know, you're hibernating for, you know, hibernating from hunting. You, you didn't, you weren't successful in your twenties. You took a break. Now you're getting back into it. You missed a deer. Did, what was going through your mind as you started to raise your crossbow up and take aim? You know what? I wasn't even thinking about it. I, I, I've yeah. got a, I got a, um, a, a distance on my rangefinder on them. And it was afterwards that, you know, I got the shakes and yeah, starting to shiver so and all that how, good stuff. How far did you range him at? 22 yards. Okay, 22 yards. You pull up. Was it autopilot at that point? I mean, did your, did your practice take over? Yeah, yep, pretty much. Okay. And did I dick him or was it a you know, a marginal shot or was it just a, a really clean kill? Uh, it was a, it was a great shot. He just didn't bleed. He bled okay. internally. So, you know, my friend uh, that I was mentioning before, you know, I called him and told him that I just shot a little friend and went to the 
last spot where I shot him, couldn't find my arrow, couldn't find any blood. So we got out. Um, I did see from the stand, there was a lay down off in the distance and I saw him take off and I thought I saw him fall down around that lay down. But by the time I was looking, it was dark. I couldn't find any blood. Then I was second guessing my, myself. So the next day, right where I saw, you know, around that lay down, there he was. Gotcha. So how long did it take for you the next, did you go the next morning or did you wait until you got off work? Cause I don't remember was the, was the first of November, was that a, a weekend or a, a weekday? That happened on Sunday and okay. I had, I took a personal day. Okay. So, so you took very a personal day. Gotcha. You went out. So there was still no blood where you left off, but you, you thought you saw him go down this lay down and, you know, you said you were second guessing yourself. What were you second guessing? I mean, were you second guessing just the shot placement or were you second guessing like 20 years of, of not being successful? Shot placement and all that, you know? Okay. Okay. But, uh, it worked out. It was right. It was, it was now at the angle that I was, I only got, I clipped one lung. I didn't okay. get both of them. Okay. So this deer is now laying dead because of you, you know, you, you killed an animal, you know, you walk up to him, you look down on him, maybe even grab his antlers for the first time. What kind of thoughts were running through your head at that point? The monkey's off my back. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I finally, I finally sealed the deal. I got it done. So right. Any anything else? I mean, were you just like I like? Did that just dump diesel fuel on the fire? I mean, were you just like I want to do this again at that point? I mean, were you in a state most of this? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yep. Yeah, most definitely. So that was uh, yeah. That was that was cool. No drug can replicate that. Absolutely. Now, what'd your son have to say after, uh, you, he, you know, his dad's now an official killer, right? You're official hunter. You, you went to the woods, you killed something. What did your son have to say about it? Well, he, uh, yeah, he was, he was a little bit jealous because, um, <laughs> he went out on that September 26th on opening night. He went out and he called, he, he, he shot, he only saw one side of its rack. He shot a, uh, I think it was a small, it would have been an eight point, but he only saw the one side and he shot it. So when he recovered it, he, the left side had four or uh, four points on it. The other side was broken off into a spike. Oh, okay. So, you know, and that same mutual friends, almost family with us and he, he said, what are you doing? You know the potential of what we've, we've got out here. And you end up shooting that thing. So, so, my, son so was, my son was envious. Right. Okay. Now, it sounds to me like you have a, a guy out there who hunts with you or, or that, that friend who is a, a hardcore hunter. He's, he's kind of showing you the ropes as far as how to age deer and, and what you should shoot and not shoot as far as uh, age class is concerned. Right. Pretty Yeah, pretty much. 
Okay. Well, that's a good, that's definitely a good thing to have. And, um, as the, as those seasons progressed, did you guys run into any bigger deer on that property? Like giant, you know, giant bucks. He was that one that we called big 10. Yeah. We, we knew, we knew where the bed, uh, where he was bedding and he was, he was hunting that deer almost exclusively. Okay. So, but, uh, he had a couple sightings of it, but he couldn't get the shot. Gotcha. Gotcha. So you're successful. How did your son in, in your son shot a deer you just had a broken rack, right? Yeah. Yep. Okay. So but that was his second deer, his second deer in like five or six hunting trips. You know, he's, he's making me sick. So gotcha. So father and son both harvest in 2015 Going into 2016, like, were you guys just as amped as ever to to participate in in 2016? What was your, you know, kind of thought process going into that following year? What were you thinking about? What were you doing? Well, that, as soon as, uh, you know, during Christmas break and so forth, that woods, I was, I was scouting. I was trying to find different places where I wanted to hunt, and I had... Uh, you know, primary scrapes, particular area, and lo and behold, I lost permission to hunt the property. Oh man! So, so why did you yeah. lose it? Uh, it was it's a old widower, and yep. the taxes on on her on all of her property, which she leased, she leased the farmland, but the taxes went up $3,000 and you know, the, the farmer said, uh, I'll pay, you know, I'll, he, he leased the woods from out, out from underneath me. So, gotcha. Okay. You know, they at were that, jealous. Cause I gotcha. So at that point, you know, you, you, did you lose all your land? At that that point was all hunt? I had. Yep. Okay. That was all I had. So you um, weren't able to get out and find new property for the rest of that season? We were tagged out. Oh, yeah. So. Okay. Okay. So in 2016, before that season started, what did you right. what did you do to hunt? Well, then uh, you know, my my son, he's very outgoing and he he uh he met a farmer who gave us proper permission to hunt. I had a friend that uh gave me permission to hunt but the only problem there are little parcels connected to the big woods yeah which we didn't have permission to hunt we only had the you know the little parts right right so how did that how how did 2016 turn out for you guys um i let my son hunt the the good stuff that he got and he was he was seeing deer all the time. Um, and then he got the bright idea one day he wanted to, I, I mentioned in my notes, he needed to put a disclaimer. Yeah. Don't try any of this shit at home, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, he wanted to put a, a stand up. I had put all the stands up prior. Um, and so we use lifelines, but, and we use our linemen's. So he was using uh, buck steps, 
if and he could only get about 14 feet but with the millennium you know that ratchet strap we go from the lineman i always put the my uh the safety harness, the um, lifeline, on from the stand. So there is a time that I'm not connected. Okay. But it was always me doing it. So I, I knew what I was, I thought I knew what I was doing. Yeah. So he put the buck steps on, had his lineman, put the ratchet strap on. He put the millennium stand, the tongue in, into the receiver. And I told him, okay, now this is the only time you're, you're disconnected. So disconnect, get on the stand, and put your uh, lifeline on. But he didn't have the ratchet strap, and down he went. Oh, so, so he fell. He fell. He 14 fell. 14 feet. Yep. I got nominated for Father of the Year. Uh, but I should have I should have gone up and inspected his work, you know, his first time. Yeah. But, but so uh, what what happened to him? Did he did he suffer any type of inju- injuries? Fortunately, none. But he thought you know he thought he was paralyzed for two or three weeks. But we had MRIs done and all that other stuff. And uh, our orthopedic he he tried hunting from the ground blind, and the orthopedic doctor told him he's from Alabama, so he's kind of funny. He said, "Listen here, son." Yeah. <laughs> if I get, if I if, if I hear you hunting again, I'm going to put you in a cast where the only thing you're going to be able to move are your eyeballs and your bowels. Yeah. So he didn't want him hunting because he thought that there was uh, some some stuff torn in his shoulder. Yeah. Um. Come to find out, he went to the the specialist, and the doctor said that he had no, there was nothing wrong. Just a little separation, it'll it'll heal. So the first thing he asked the with the restriction from the, the one doctor, he asked the other doctor, Am I cleared to hunt? He goes, I don't see why not. Yeah. So so that very day he goes out and he kills he kills his biggest buck to date. So Wow. So so yep. was that from a tree stand then or from a ground blind? That was from neither. That was from behind a log. Okay, somebody was, was on the ground. ground. He was okay. on the ground with his with, with his crossbow because he couldn't pull his bow back. Wow. So, so it sounds to me like he dodged a bullet there. Yeah, he dodged a bullet, but he's the luckiest kid. I mean, yeah, I think I'm gonna go hunting. I killed another deer. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, uh, that's beside that's the besides the point. I mean, he. And that's just kind of a, a perfect example. I know I say it every podcast, you know, wear your damn safety harness. And I know it, it wasn't because, uh, you know, it wasn't intentional or wasn't, you know, hey, I'm not going to wear all the everything was there for safety. And it was just a, a slight lapse in attention that, you know, he was, you know, he fell. And and I and I am a run and gun I do a lot of run and gun setups, so I don't have lifelines in my uh, uh, when I do run and gun setups. You know, right, I have a lineman's right. I have a I have a lineman's belt that I climb I use when I'm setting up my sticks, and you know, even if I fell or slipped, 
I'd still be uh, uh, sliding down in my linesman, lineman's belt and still, you know, even when I get to the top and get into a, get into my, you know, after I get my tree stand set up, I still have to disconnect for a short period of time uh, when I, you know, before I step on my stand and I put my actual, uh, my line, take my lineman's belt off and put it around the tree that acts as my safety harness. So right, there's right. still a period of time where even I'm disconnected. So uh, it's not a very sh- long period of time, but as we heard today, anything can happen. Right, exactly. And right. it really you still can be connected. It's a pain in the tush. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You, I mean, that's from now on, just when I'm, before I undo my linemans, I'm going to strap onto the tree climb into the stand then i'll move it up yeah you're right but but. so it sounds to me like you had a little bit of a rebirth in 2015 it's going strong now you and your son excited for this upcoming season oh most definitely i mean even though i had new woods last year i guess that was another thing that i i hunted one particular spot or area because i had trail camera pictures of a monster yeah. and i i probably overdid it yeah. you know so well you're not the first guy to ever do that so don't feel too bad <laughs> right right well thomas man uh good luck to you and your son this upcoming season and uh thanks for coming on the podcast and sharing your story man not a problem i appreciate it so love listening to you and mark and like i said the the things that I can learn from compared to 20 some years ago. I can listen to a podcast all day. Yeah. Makes a lot. It's, it's, it's definitely a good Avenue for educating yourself. Right. Exactly. And there you have it. Another podcast in the books, huge shout out to Thomas for coming on the show and uh, chatting with us today. Huge shout out to each and every one of you for taking time to download the podcast, man. Really appreciate it. Huge shout out to all of the partners of this podcast, Bighorn Outfitters, Ripcord Arrowrest, Gearhead Bows, Lone Wolf Tree Stands, Exodus Trail Cameras, Deer Lab Hunting Software, Ozonics, Ozone Generator, and Wasp Broadheads. Please go support those companies because they support me. Uh, Without them, a lot of this is not possible. I'd still be doing it, but uh, my wife would be more mad at me. So check me out on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. And uh, I lost my train of thought because it's really late and I'm really tired. But I'm looking forward to the weekend. Hopefully you guys enjoy these podcasts, man. I love doing this. Um, And uh, if you guys have any ideas or want me to cover a certain topic or interview a certain person, reach out to me through Facebook. Um, That's where I I do a lot of my communications. Uh, So hit me up there. Other than that, guys, please have a good weekend. Spend some time with the family. If you don't have a family, get outside. Enjoy Mother Nature. And if you're going to be in a tree, wear your damn safety harness. Have a good weekend.